Hey, you're listening to Average Joe, and uh, we want to welcome you back. Um, and uh, this is our first podcast since the the great shootout uh, over at our cabin last Thursday. <laughs> Thank you for the sound effects, Ryan. Um, but uh, it was we missed you, Chris. But it, you were you, you were where you were you were supposed to be. And um, uh, what did you guys have any impressions or takeaways from good that? meat? Good meat. <laughs> the smoked brisket. Mm. Yeah. And I want uh, the Ruger Mini 14. Yeah, that's a great gun. And it's New York Safe Act it is. approved. <laughs> it is. So it doesn't need to go on a boating expedition? No boating expeditions. <laughs> it is current configuration. Brian, what did you think of the night? I thought it was good. And what was it, 16 guys? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Yep. And guys that were not like nor the normal guys that we've gotten out. So um, Nate Colopy was there, which was great to see. And um, Nate and Andy Werner, that was really cool to have them there. And Andy, as you know, he and I've had some conversations about you know trying to get guys together. And so he's offering up his pond to do fishing, uh, a guy's night of fishing and campfire and. Um, which Jackie's getting more frustrated each month. She's like, when are the women going to get to do the fun things? Mm-hmm. They get a weekly Bible study that won't stop. So. Right, all right. Well, no, my wife's been saying the same thing. Maybe they need to get together again. <laughs> um, and then uh, Sean Bowman brought his brother-in-law, which was was fun. And he mm-hmm. talked to us. He goes to a church in Darien. I was curious about that. And... Um, but he's, you know, he's out that way for work all the time. He works for crop management. And uh, he was just looking for a place to, you know, to have some fellowship with guys. And he said, so if we get a men's, um, even like a study going, he said, let me know. I'd love to be a part of that. So, um, and then uh, here's what I love about those kinds of events. I feel like I'm dominating the conversation. Just call Who me. You? Just call me Brad. <laughs> we'll cut you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the uh, what I loved about it was that um, you get to know guys at a different on a different level kind of thing, you know. And watching like um, uh, Mike Webb and he was connected with my dad, and then talking with Dave um, and, and Chuck and Chuck, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, those are great connections. But so I I kind of connected with Sean, you know, in terms of the the smoked meat and guns and. My tractor, I blew a hose on that, and he was like, oh, here's what you got to do. Well, then last night I couldn't, I was working on it, couldn't get the hose off, and um, I shot him a text, and uh, he goes, all right, I'll be right over. You know, <laughs> so they live just around the corner. He took it off in like three seconds, brought the, brought his kids over, you know, <laughs> so we're having a good conversation with them. And um, it's just, it, it's neat to start building some of those relationships with other guys, and I hope... The guys experience that too. I hope it's it's not just me because oh I'm the pastor. But then, mm-hmm. um, I mean, ultimately that's what we're after with this whole right. experiment we're doing is forging those relationships outside of the church. Right. Yep. So yep. if you have a problem, you can call up one of the guys. Hey, help me out with this. Exactly. Yeah. That's yep. cool. I mean, I always learned and kind of figured out that like, you know, the women's view of men is we don't talk, we don't communicate, <clears throat> we kind of but. In order for men to talk, we kind of have to be doing something yep. in the process. Like, and it was always a buddy of mine, you know, we sat next to each other at work. We wouldn't necessarily have the greatest, you know, conversations. We would have some just because we, we were comfortable with each other. 
but you put a PlayStation and Madden in our hands and we would solve the world's problems in yeah. like an hour. <laughs> we could talk about what we were struggling with, what our fears were, what we were. We but you take away that video game, it's how you do it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> By design, I'm, guys I'm don't want to sit good. in circles and talk. Right. Distraction. Right. That's, that's what remember. we're doing here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a square. We're not in a circle. I can't remember sure. where I heard it, but they made bars a straight line for a reason. Right, right. That's, that's <laughs> a great point. Yeah. Not that I've ever been in a bar, but that's a great point. Um, and there's a mirror, a mirror, so you can look that's at each that's other. That's right. The only person I want to see. But it's not straight; it's at an angle. It's little... But I, I mean, but you're, but you're there doing something. I mean, you can, you can put ten random guys, not to use the bar analogy, but you could put ten random guys in a bar, and by an hour into it, they're going to know who the other person is, where they work. What's going on? And there's going to be that connection that's built. Yeah. And you don't know when those connections could just be a fleeting connection, or this is, you know, this might be someone who's in my life, yeah. right, for a period of time. But if you were to just have them introduce each other standing outside of Wegmans or Tops, oh, hi, hi, yeah. how you doing? And they go on. But it's there is something intrinsic about that. Yeah. Incidentally, Andy and Sean, if you're listening to this, you will be in my life as long as I have tractors. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> and Sean, it was great. He tells me tells me in the beginning of the night. He goes, you know, when you ask you guys ask that question, what manly things yeah, you did this funny. week? He goes, I do all of those every day. Like that's my normal day. Of you know, I hook mm -hmm. up a PTO, I fix this, I move something. Yeah. You know, he's, it's like that's just my normal day. Like, um, and here we thought we were pretty special. Yeah. <laughs> got a long way to go for that bar. But, you know, it, it was cool. He brought his kids over last night. And um, and they, they're already, you know, kind of in that mode. You know, they're talking about covering the bunk, you know, when they bring in the silage. Or um, <clears throat> one of the kids was driving the Volvo around, you know. And his dad said, you know, half speed. And... Um, he could hear him, you know, throttle down as he came around the corner so dad yeah. wouldn't catch him flying. And, they, you know, just all of the stuff that they're learning, you know, and they're using the, the vocabulary. Like, Evie's going, yeah, we put them all in windrows, even, you know, with the, like, wow, these kids are really, they're getting getting good education and, and a great work ethic. So I did hear Sean say one, ask one question or say one statement. His son had asked, am I too young to come? Yeah, and he. I think you and I were there for that conversation. Yeah, and you said, no, "I don't think so," and I think that's important. That we're here for men, but we also are here for right. even the younger generation of men. So I guess I was on the opposite side of that coin then, because so? I've, I've got a thirteen-year-old who's who's begging to come, and it's because I want to be sensitive to the fact that I want guys to feel comfortable and mm -hmm. be guys. Like huh. I don't want them to feel like they've got a thirteen-year-old uh -huh. that's around that they've got to be something different. And I'm not talking thinking that we're going to have the group hmm. of guys that's swearing around or singing like that, but there is a and I go I'll go back to you know a story I'm not sure if I shared it with you Mike but Josh's first year and it was a freshman in high school was put into the seniors gym class mm -hmm. with his schedule because of all the classes he was taking that was the only opportunity for him and, and there was intrinsically there's something different between a 13 year old boy. And an 18-year-old boy, they are on two different sides oh, of things. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So I've told Jonah, like, not yet. Josh has an open invite. His schedule yeah. just doesn't allow him to do anything. But, like, I need, I've need. i always told Jonah, like, you've got to just be... Now, if we're going kayaking, you know, yeah. and Jonah can kind of drift back and kind of still feel like he's part of the group and do things, then so be it. But if we're going to be out 
cultivating those like I don't I haven't wanted to feel like I've wanted people to feel like they've got to be careful that there's a kid around yeah I think some of it though is good to let the I, like I can see both sides right mm-hmm. you want them to see good healthy male relationships and interaction um, but part of having good healthy male interaction is having interaction with other men and not worrying about your son or what he might be seeing or hearing or or worrying about others um, with him. So I, I think you're right. I think it, it probably was a good decision on Sean's part to not bring him. Um, but I also think maybe we ought to think about, you know, how do we, as we go along, can we, are there things that we can do that, um, like I know uh, JD's church did a father-daughter night and did it, or maybe it was my nephew. I don't remember, but somebody did a father-daughter dinner and then a, a fathers and or mothers and sons kind of thing. But you know, maybe we think a little bit about some of those those kinds of ideas in the future. Um, and I think if it's like if it's something that we're set up, like if we're doing you know father-son cornhole, like that's right. advertised or, ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Oh, like you 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 know that you're going to have kids there that kids are welcome. But I think it's also okay to have events where it's yeah, you know we've got a lot of guys in this church that we need to cultivate oh, yeah. those relationships. Yeah. Yep, and giving them that opportunity. But if we have events every third month or something, it's you know we're going to take a hike, bring your kid. Do you yep. go kayaking, bring your kid. If we're going shooting at Mike's, leave the kid at home. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think you want him at Lasertron. So, yeah. one of the things um, I, somebody mentioned the hike and said they opted out of the hike in part because walking a straight line, you know, it's tough to have conversation. And that was what they were interested in was having, mm-hmm. you know, the time to talk. And I, I, I can understand that, but I've also done enough hikes where we've had conversation or you mm-hmm. stop and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I say, I know, you know, it was me and the younger boys right. for the hike. There was no shortage of conversation. No, <laughs> not with those younger boys. I mean, I mean, there was times where I wanted to walk a little faster, just like, but there was no shortage of, like, they, there was, I don't think there was much dead silence. Yeah. And, you know, Brad, you and I, you know, we've gone out and hiked with, with Josh DeGroff and, you know, no shortage of conversations being had out there. And again, yeah. I think it's, you're out there, it might take you a few minutes. It might take you a little bit of comfort levels to get in, but once it starts going, it doesn't matter whether you're in a straight line or walking side by side, conversations can be had. Yeah. We did a fire tower hike on uh, Friday afternoon in the Adirondacks up at Wanakina. And, um, is it open? The fire tower? Oh yeah. So it's, it's, um, the, the ranger school has, it's just a huge amount of property. And this is, this was the fire tower that was moved off of Bear Mountain in, I don't know, like 1910 or something. But, um, so Charlie and Emily and I are out front and we're talking and we're identifying, we're looking at trees and talking about, um, you know, silviculture and cutting and this and that and all these things. And Emma and Jackie were lagging behind and Jackie actually brought this up to Emma. She goes, you know, this is pretty typical when the three of them get together. It's just, you know, you <laughs> hang on for the ride because they're, they're using, uh, we're using yeah, Latin, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, all this stuff. and. So Jackie goes, well, what do you want to talk about? So they had a, a nice conversation, but um, it is possible to talk when you're walking. About. Mm-hmm. So I had another thought you had triggered in my mind, Ryan, with um, 
when you're talking about the bar, right? Do you have to use the word triggered? Uh, I'm thinking of a handgun so. trigger. Pow, yeah, pow, pow, pow. <laughs> That's one of the rules. You're allowed to say whatever word you want. I am so distraught right now. Yeah. You can't uh, even say the word trigger. Well, I need my safe space. I'm about to trigger a whole bunch of so, interior decorators. You ready? Nah. So the bar is in a straight line and men walk in and you know, like you just, men, you saddle up to the bar and it's a manly thing to do. And my feet usually dangle off of the stool because I'm short. Short guy problems. <laughs> and we are recording this in a church, right? And we look around and how is our church designed, interior decorated, programmed to be attractive to men. No, I've always had that thought. Could be worse. It, it, it could, could be, be worse. worse. I mean, it's a lot of wood, which I think is manly. Yeah, that's that's a manly thing. Yeah, naturally. Um, but, but, you know, how do you, I mean, bulletin boards are not probably, you know, uh, I'm not saying these are bad bulletin boards. I'm just saying, you know, as a guy, Mm -hmm. I'd rather see you throw pictures up here of our of our men's stuff and just run them, you know, each week. Or I don't know what I would do differently. Mm -hmm. um, but I wonder how do we how do we make spaces in a church that are as inviting to men as they are to? You ever read the book? Wow, I should have said that. I don't remember the name of the book. Why men hate going to church or something like yeah, that? It's a picture yeah. of a guy sleeping in the pew. Yeah, it's Kimball, I think, is the name. Or so. Trimble or Kimball. I mean, he, he talks like a lot that. about that. Yeah. The temperature setting on the thermostat is typically set more yep. right. towards the feminine side. And I mean, the majority of people that go to church are right. female. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, I read an article on the similar thing. It is everything <clears> from the beautification and like the cleanup days is meant towards beautifying. The building. We're gonna plant yeah. the flowers. We're gonna... You're gonna plant flowers. We're gonna have plants inside. And we're gonna, we've had this conversation. We're not looking for a moose head on the wall. Well, but like, I mean, I'd be okay. With that. <laughs> I mean, if you had like a big old moose like sitting right there in the right, fellowship right. wall, like that'd be kind of cool. Um, but what you know, what does what draw what does make a, a man feel comfortable thinking about that bar analogy? What is in a bar? Like, it's, there's not much there. You've got a dartboard, some tables, and a place for people to sit. And they come in, they have their drinks, they maybe have something to eat, and everything else just happens right after that. Yep. Like, I don't think men are looking for huge, complex things. I think we're looking for simple mm -hmm. things. I think we're looking for places that we can feel accepted, places that we can feel that we have a place, that others understand us, and that, one, if, no, if we don't want to share, no one's prying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... Of, I, I'll admit it. You say you've never been in a bar. I've been in a lot of them. <laughs> Anybody, Chris, they know that I, 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 I'm fully lost. I, I, I was in the Rotary Club conversation. I remember what was said. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I'll throw myself out there. I've been in a lot of them. And yep. they, they all, I mean, the sports bars are always fun because you always got a game on. So if you're, you're putting a game in front of a group of guys, they're going to hoot, they're going to holler, they're going to have fun, they're going to laugh. But you can go in on any other non-sports night and guys are going to have a good time. And yeah. why do guys go to a bar? It's an escape, but it's a place where they can feel like they belong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the other thing that I, I have noticed in my experience with the bars is you can start up a conversation with anybody. Anybody. They're, they're all, I mean, they're all there to be social, even though they're, even if they're there alone, mm -hmm. there's, there's a social concept there that, that so they're all. So all we got to do 
is make our church feel like the show Cheers and we're all That's right. So we're going to yell more. No! no! What's going down? I was thinking Cheers. Another beer. This whole thing is going down. We're going to land at Cheers before this is said and done with. But, like, you can socialize. You can, you're free to be who you are. No one's judging you. And again, I mean, there is an escape point to it where you can go to escape whatever happened in that day, whatever happened in that week, and that's that isolation. But I think the bar still proves the fact that we were created to fellowship. Yeah. Men, even in their intrinsic moments, are still looking to be around other people. Yep. And have some level of crime. It doesn't have to go deep. At a bar, we're going as deep as I'm allowing it to go. So if we're staying mm-hmm. superficial and talking about the Bills roster, yep. we can talk for two hours on the Bills roster and we don't have to go any deeper. Mm-hmm. But if you get two guys that are actually have some level of connection, they or can, they've had three or four rounds. Or have had three or four I mean, rounds. I have noticed things get deep quick. In three or four case. rounds specifically of certain things will, yep. you know. Yep. Interesting. Um, so here, right, I don't, I've been in churches that felt more feminine to me. You know, mauve carpet or even green carpet that is not real green. Like, I think the carpet and the wood nature, but there's some intentional things, too. Like, I've joked and talked since day one that, you know, I used to have to wear khakis and a button-up shirt, and now I'm I'm going the complete opposite. Well, not complete, but I'm... and And that's intentional because... I want people to come in here as they are. They don't have to clean themselves up to come to church. I want guys to come in and say, "Hey, he's wearing jeans. He looks like me." You know, like, and I think that conveys a an acceptance, like you're yes. talking about. I hope he doesn't tuck his shirt in. I get to come here. <laughs> well, you, you go to even Caleb in the summertime. Like he gets up and he does worship. He doesn't have socks and shoes on. Like right. I remember the first summer I was here, I'm going. Dude's not wearing socks or shoes. And now it's just like, it's Caleb. Like, yeah. he's relaxed. He's comfortable. It's how he's going to worship. I'm okay with it. it, it and I think you, th- those things do set the tone. If you were sitting up here in a suit and tie, I wouldn't feel comfortable coming in yeah. in a shirt and a sweatshirt. I know there's churches like that that still very much exist. You put your Sunday best on and you go to church. I know there's people in our congregation that come in and sure. it's still Sunday. You're dressed up for church on Sunday. But... Yeah, you know, we don't have the bouquets. We don't have the, the, the floral arrangements. You know, we still got the stained glass windows and stuff, but that's kind of like tradition. We've got a lot of wood. But there's still, like, I don't know. Like, I think I think worship goes a long way to it. Like, mm-hmm. I think if we were more, you know, and I know Caleb and, and Levi and, and Jackie, that most of the time they've got a good combination of upbeat and, yep. you know, some of the hymns and stuff that they pull in there. So I think it's a good combination, but I do think that goes a long way. I think if it's okay to talk on a Sunday morning specifically about guy stuff. Yeah. The women might not necessarily relate to it, but the men will. Yeah. And I think it's okay to have those things. I think it's okay to have a podcast designated for, oh, yeah. for men. Yep. And not worrying about whether or not the women have one. Right. If they want one, they can do one. They can do one. When I first started... Sorry, Jackie. I'm not implying <laughs> She doesn't listen. When I first started, only up to this whole Christianity thing back... Shortly out of college, I was thinking, okay, as a man, where do I fit in the, the Christian thing? Mm-hmm. And so I started listening to podcasts, started doing my own research. And there's one podcast that I vividly remember. He flat out said, yeah, sure, women are in the church. But a majority of the churches that make that switch from we're feminine, feminine, feminine to we're going masculine now, those women are extremely happy. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. their husbands are attending. attending. Yeah. Their husbands yeah. are involved. Their husbands are serving. Mm-hmm. Their husbands are being the spiritual leader in the house that they're supposed to be because yeah. that church is 
geared more toward. Yep. Brad, let me ask you a, a, for your th- opinion on this. <clears throat> so our church has had some steady growth over the last couple of years, but we've seen what I would term almost explosive growth in the last month and a half. And I feel like that came soon after we started the podcast, after we said we're going to start meeting guys on the first Sunday of the month. Like, when we first started taking some of those steps, would you, have you seen that? Do you think, would you, I don't know if that's attributed, if, if one is attributed to the other, but. Yeah, I don't, uh, I have noticed, uh, and I was, I think Caleb and I were talking about it um, in the garage while smoking. <laughs> Earl, Earl, Earl Grey. Earl Grey, Grey. <laughs> Captain Black, Cherry, Pipe Tobacco, <laughs> and um, uh, and I I don't know the answer, but there is uh, when when you're seeing the the culture and the surrounding churches. We were talking before you started recording today. A lot of the churches in this community and in the United States, maybe globally, are suffering, and uh, there are reasons for that. Some are growing. And I'm a little nervous that um, uh, because people uh, uh, people are fickle. Mm-hmm. Uh, if someone, a lot of our growth has been from people who have left other churches, mm. and and you got to be nervous about that yeah. a little bit because yep. uh, you know they can just as quickly decide they're unhappy with us and and go somewhere else we'll certainly give them plenty of reasons to if they stay long enough yeah. it's just like any relationship but um i do think that we have something um special to offer which is the reason why people are coming here and some of it is your spiritual gifts you you you're uh, you've got a good personality but you it's not just human There's, i think you use the word charm yeah, you've got <laughs> yeah you've got on the you are um fully human fully divine also no no but, uh, no, but human uh, all christians have a spiritual yeah, gift so the when you're born must, again yeah, they <laughs> when you're born again you get the holy spirit yep. and so uh you uh quickly and rightly so reject you know credit for this yep. but you have um and so you've been pl- put here for for such a time as this you fit perfectly with the culture and it is it's uh, rural it's masculine it's uh, it's christians mm-hmm. uh, and those are big in this age because uh our culture is uh brainwashing people into thinking that uh, there's no such thing as masculine or masculine is uh, toxic yeah yeah and um, and churches that uh, believe that are not doing well yeah they're rejecting nature and and we may not understand it especially as men because men are probably more usually doers than than thinkers and that's fine but um there's something in all of us i think that um like when we were i was thinking about the 
the Thursday we got together to go, sh we were shooting and meet at your place. And like, why? Look at what men do when they get together. <laughs> and why that? Why is that what? And why is that what attracted men? And and I think there is just something that it, we're created in the image of God. We're created male, and there's something. Uh, profound about that unchanging I mean there's some variety because some guys some guys didn't shoot mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know if some guys didn't eat the meat <laughs> when we were there that would that would be okay too because uh, you don't have to know how to uh, what the the names of all the guns and the size of the ammo and and uh, the uh, cylinders and a truck and and how to change the tube on your tractor and stuff in order to be a man there are varieties right. and you need to be careful about that but there there are probably some some minimum some basic foundational uh, masculine traits that are the same for all men mm -hmm. and one of them uh, I would say with the shooting is we all want to be protectors mm. and the Bible says we we should be protectors yeah, yeah. and providers and and there's more beyond that but Creative, you know, the talking about um, the uh, I forget what, but I was thinking about all of this when you were when you were talking, and but I did, and it's not real well formed in in my mind, and I don't like to say things spontaneously <laughs> without because I might uh, not uh, sound real smart. But um, so you've got men who need to be protectors and providers. We all want to be the hero. Creative men, and so in church, uh, one of the best things our church does to make it attractive to men is we've got men in the church. Yeah, and you let the men lead. You yeah. let the men be the men, and thank God for our women who have done that. I haven't heard mm -hmm. women complaining about uh, the men. Uh, I, I suppose you might hear people say, you know, I'm. I miss the the days when men would dress up or, or something like that. But I, I don't I don't see there. Most of us understand there's that's the outside. We're yeah. looking at the inside, mm -hmm. and if you want to get men to come into the church and get the inside work done, you've got to uh, leave them alone about the outside stuff, the mm -hmm. clothing, and so I think when they come to the church, they uh, are getting that message that men are good yeah. men are created by god we are we have a we're valuable we have a purpose and and we're still clarifying that and maybe you know that you never get real specific on that but i do think when when men and like at the end of your messages you always have a to-do at the end i think men need that hmm. all right what am i all right Preacher, I've listened to you for half an hour. What am I supposed yeah. to do? Can you do it in seven minutes and just tell me what I got to do? Yeah, get to the point. Tell yeah. me what to do. See, I want you to go longer. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, men are, men are different. We can't yeah. throw them all into the same, but we need a challenge. Uh, we need, uh, and and I, I often emphasize the spiritual battle, and it's, uh, it's not always holy, and it's not always... Uh, on purpose, you know, like a well thought through, but I just think there's something like I'm just showing my masculinity that I need 
to in order to 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 not get disgusted and and um, fed up and maybe uh, a, a bunker mentality, just go in my uh, man cave and hide and and uh, you know you mm -hmm. uh, to hell with the rest of you. I've got to know that. Uh, there's hope there there's a fight we're on the winning team i've got other men with me and um and somehow thursday was an important part of that mm. and i don't i don't quite know how you know like what comes next or the yeah. future or that but we are in a battle yeah. this country many of the institutions including the church in this country are losing that battle uh, as nefarious would say, did I plug nefarious yet? <laughs> Not today, you haven't. I didn't, know, uh. I didn't know we were in a battle. That's the devil says that's why you're losing, mm. and we we need to preserve that. And I wonder because I don't I don't want to be a church that's stealing sheep from other pens, right? And I've said that to people that, as they've come in. Mm -hmm. um, but I wonder if folks are leaving other churches because they're not. That's getting right. some of these things. Well, yeah. I think it speaks to the hunger of that. I mean, I think you could, you know, if I'm sitting in a church, if I got the choice, if I'm going to sit in a church and get politicized sermons and being told that I've got to be accepting of certain things, and like in my heart of hearts, I know that that's contrary to what the Bible says. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm not naming churches. I'm not. No. But I think... If you're in tune with the Word and you're in the Word at another church and you're a God-fearing man, a God-fearing woman, there's got to be something in that that's not sitting right. well with you. Right. And that given the choice of going, geez, I've been at this church for 10 years, or I, I need to be in a church where I'm, I'm hearing the Word of God. And I think that that's that hunger. I also think that we're at a point where at this time, right, you mentioned this time in society that we're in, I think that hunger is becoming more apparent. Mm -hmm. And I think that dividing line is becoming more apparent. Right. And, you know, you've got, you know, you've got churches who have been okay with leading up to this cliff. And now this last step is like, that's too much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We should have stopped it way back then. Mm -hmm. People are starting to see the slippery slope much more apparent. And I think there is I think we I think we brought it up the last week that there's this hunger going back towards this conservative mm -hmm. mindset. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not necessarily a wholesale I'm on fire for God at the moment, but I'm okay with going to church, but I don't want to be told yeah. that this is okay. Because even I know that that's not okay. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's disrupted people. Um, I think people aren't necessarily feeling maybe that they fit in at other churches because if they're all okay with that, I'm not, where does that leave me in my social groups? Where does that leave me in? And I really just don't agree with it. Mm -hmm. But I think people are still longing for that point of women and men. They're longing to that point of feeling like they can belong yeah. somewhere. And, yet, and I'm not sure the dividing line is Republican, Democrat, conservative, mm -hmm. liberal. Although mm -hmm. I think there's some of that. but Because mm -hmm. we do have some folks that have, are, are more left-leaning. Mm -hmm. um, but I think... They're hearing the truth of Scripture. Mm -hmm. They're hearing the truth of God and hopefully applying that. Um, and I think, Brad, what you mentioned, you, that what happened Thursday night is a part of that. I think it's a it's the part in that it's, it's a block in the, in the building, and we're going to continue to build on that, building those relationships mm -hmm. where 
you know, I'm, I'm, you know, four days later, I'm calling Sean and saying, what do I do with this tractor? And, you know, that we, we now continue to build on those relationships. And eventually that will hopefully lead to a place where, um, okay, I trusted Sean with my tractor. Um, I'm going to trust Sean with, hey, what do I do? I'm arguing with my wife, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Like, but I think there, it's, it's, it's building blocks, and it's a, over a, a period of time. Um, well, brotherhood doesn't happen in the first, usually even in the first, it doesn't happen in boot camp, maybe in the first foxhole fight, but it even might then. even then. So. But you're, where at this point, you're trying to undo, I'm going to say conservatively, probably 60 years worth yeah. of programming that men are not to be men. Yep. Mm-hmm. Men need to be this. Men need to just be quiet. Like, we don't want to hear from, like, this toxic masculinity mm-hmm. thing goes back much longer than the 2000s. Yeah. It, it's been a key of the enemy for a long time. Castration. To, yep. Yeah. To take men out of the battle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To take men out of the communities and to... And out of the them. family. And out of the family. Like, mm-hmm. and it's, it's worked. So to come to your point, like, I'm, I'm reminded of this idea of, like, I remember a former boss that I had talking about networking. Networking is never about what you're getting out of the equation, but it's just being available that someday you're building that bridge that, hey, I know a guy that can do this. Yep. And because we've connected, it leads to another thing. So it's just like you said, you call him over, he fix, he helps you with your tractor. Maybe he calls you over because he's helping you with this. That relationship builds. When you get a community of men that are agreeing to do this at all, and I'm, by community I'm saying the body yep. of men that are agreeing to do that, the enemy doesn't like that because now we're rebuilding that community and we're putting men at the center part of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I go back to the fight club roots and, at, you know, the chapel, which is huge, huge volume of people. And I don't imagine it's hard for them to ever fill a need. But what the chapel has learned is that if there's a need that comes up, there's one group that they go to first and they hit up the fight club men. And typically within 30 minutes, they've got more people that are volunteering to do something than had they just put it out to the regular congregation. So why am I going to go to the congregation when I know I've got a group of men that are going to stand up and they're going to do this? So I think that that bonding and that networking, that relationship building, and I think that is, you know, Brad brought up one of your spiritual gifts. And I think that is one of your spiritual gifts, which is leading to why we're seeing the people in our congregation is because you're taking the time and investing them not on, I'm going to save your soul, but man, I'd love, I'd love to get to know you. Like, regardless of how you're presenting, regardless of the language that you're using, like, I'm still here. And I think that's a, a, we're going to come right back to this point. It's that point of belonging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before and, believing even. Yeah. yeah. So Sunday after church, Brad asked me that same question: Why is so many people coming? <laughs> well, why are there so? And many so people we there? kind of talked about it and mm-hmm. threw it back and forth. And I got in the car and I asked my wife, "Okay, I want your opinion. Why?" Mm-hmm. And the first thing she said was, "We have a congregation of people who are excited about the church and excited what we're doing as Christians and as a church." That we're going out of these, this building and actually talking about it. Yeah. And then, yeah. She, then she followed that up with saying, Well, how did we get here? And it was because we had a guy and a wife at the time say, Hey, we have this great church you guys want to go to. I don't think we ever invited you. No, you wanted us to do work. That's right. Well, <laughs> no, we, but Jackie and I've kind of made it a point to not invite people to our church. Yeah. We want people to come, mm-hmm. but we don't actually. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it helps at the time. Yeah. 
we were going to a church that they preached the word, mm -hmm. but we wanted that yep. more. Yeah. We wanted those connections. And nothing against that congregation we were with. They were great people. But we just weren't able to form those, those connections. Yeah. So then you start talking, all of a sudden those connections are made. And that, that was the same for us. You know, we, mm -hmm. were going, we were going to the chapel, which biblically sound. They, they preached the word of God. But it was that fellowship. It was mm -hmm. that feeling like we belong. Like that we know people. That we can fellowship. Mm -hmm. That we can be in life together with yeah, other people yeah. i mean on yeah. one hand i'm not gonna lie i like going to the chapel because i go in i get my worship on i get my service on and i'm out the door and nobody says hi to me and yep. i am in the parking lot <laughs> going and getting coffee um but you do that for a couple of years and it's just like man i i really i miss i miss having some brothers i i i, I miss having people over at my house for a cup of coffee or you miss that so coming right back to the bar it just goes that men still want that. Yeah. And you know, that you talk about that excitement of people that are now sharing it. That I can sorry, think Ryan. of numerous, numerous examples of people who have, have started coming within the last year, year and a half, two years, and they're bringing people mm -hmm. with them. Like Vale Searle, you know, I would never have thought she'd be bringing people, and she's bringing multiple people. Deb Johnston. Mm -hmm. It's been coming for a couple of months. She's bringing people, and she told me this Sunday. She was, oh, I got a bunch more people I want to bring, and mm -hmm. so that's the, that has been my hope is that okay, I'm going to set this example. I'm not even real sure it can be taught. It might be one of those things that can be caught, mm -hmm. and then hopefully people will will do the same. We're at, we're at 37 minutes. Well, I have a challenge for you before you end. So on theme with you for the last five weeks, it's been sitting at the table with Jesus, essentially. Mm -hmm. And we're getting to this point where we're getting a lot of different people who are sitting at that table. Yeah. And if I'm a good, you know, I'm thinking about that point of do we have, do we as a body and as a church, are we offering up substance for people at every level? Yeah, and we're not. Are we, are we offering it up and we know this group we, we we'll have conversations and we can talk theology and the bible and we can go like i know in my heart of hearts like i'm not ready for you to end up on sunday like i'm okay with you going to 10 30 like right, go to right. 11 if you want to drive your point home get after <laughs> like, like let's go go get it and there's been points where it's like i, I like you're you're like you're going deep you're going deep and in my heart's going yeah mike and then it's just like all of a sudden it's like okay and here's the bed just like Wait a minute. <laughs> you brought me up to the ledge <laughs> and we're over. And I know, you know, from standing up and going through that myself, you see the shifting in the seats. You 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 see kind of like the glossy eyed looks. You see my son sitting in the pew with his head yeah. back and yeah. but it's just like if we've got a lot of people sitting at the table, do we have enough right. for everybody to eat? Right. And you know, Part of growing, and this is what I'm doing in, in Senegal too, and, and it's not my talent or my gift, but it's building systems. Systems that will, and I, it just so, it feels so disingenuous to me, but moving people along a, yeah. a discipleship line where I feel like Jesus just did life with people for three years, you know, but, but we need to have some of those systems. Um, when I preach, we have a wide range of people, mm -hmm. some who have a high school education, some who, 
you know, have, you know, a doctorate in, in their own devotional times with the Lord. And so I'm trying to hit kind of a middle point that's going to reach those who are, are either new or young in their faith and give a little bit something to just like guys like you, but knowing too that you should be, you're at a place in your lives where you're growing on your own anyway. That I know you guys are spending time daily in the Word mm-hmm. and that God is speaking to you regularly. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and quite honestly, it scares me to think about um, how much preparation and how much, you know, goes into it to speak, a, to preach a sermon that is at that end of, mm-hmm. of the scale. Like for me to to preach in such a way, I feel like for that is going to satisfy um, those faster ships is that's a, that's a tall, tall task. At least it feels like. And, and I'm not, I'm, by no way, shape, or form, do I want you to feel like I'm saying that you, I want oh, to, I, I, I want I you don't, to change I'm just giving you because my Because whatever, whatever, whatever we're doing at the moment, whatever you're doing at the moment, we're seeing it. We're, it's, we're, it's, we're seeing I'm, fruit from that. So why, why, why start pruning a tree if it's already right. doing but, what it needs to do? But do we have other that's avenues? Exactly, that's exactly right. Because it, it, at some point, they, as they're moving along, on a Sunday morning, they're going to say, Okay, that was good. I want more. I think of Deb Johnston, who uh, has has been attending another church for a long time, and is coming. And she is a sponge. She loves the Sunday morning service. She was weeping this Sunday, and then sees my dad. My dad's weeping. The two of them are crying together, mm. and uh, and her husband is there. I go, Daryl, let's talk fertilizer. Like I don't want anything to do with this mess. But. Um, so she she went to all the Mark classes and was just devouring that. She was going to the women's study, devouring that. And and I'm seeing that with all, I mean, I can give other examples of that where, okay, we have got to be thinking as, ironically, all four of us are on the board, but what are the systems that we can put in place that are going to continue to feed people at all of those different levels? You know, we're going to have those people who need milk and those people that are going to start taking in soft food and then those who are going to chomp on the steak. And we, we need to be able to, to provide it. That's discipleship, right? right. I mean, that's kind of what we've... And this, and this goes right back to the book we were talking about when we were setting up this whole men's anything is this conveyor belt. Where yeah. are we meeting yep. these people along the lines of the conveyor belt? We're getting them in the door. We're getting them participating in the, the eat and shoots and yep. to some extent laser tron and some hikes. And I mean, all three of those have brought different groups yeah. of people along with it. But are we moving them along that conveyor belt? Yeah, are we giving them right. an opportunity? Are we getting them to a point where we're going, this is good, but I need deeper. Right. This is good, I want more. Right. And so not to say that we're changing a Sunday morning service, but what other things can we put there that yeah. offer up opportunities? And again, we still come back to this podcast because we're doing this because we don't want to take right. time away from guys. But at some point, we, we're going to have to say to men, you know what? We're going we're gonna to make the next level. Here's the next commitment level. Uh, come the first Sunday of the month. Okay, we're gonna go one more. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna have whatever it is. Yeah, every Sunday we're gonna meet as men. I don't know what the next level is, but but we're helping move them along that conveyor belt a little nudge at a time. So guys, if you're listening, just know we've got big plans for you to take. We have ulterior motives. <laughs> we're gonna help you take over the world, as Brad says. So I want to close with this story. Um, Sean's getting a lot of publicity out of this tonight, but. So he comes over and he's got um, his son and his daughter with him, and um, Evie is uh, is in the back seat and um, they're getting ready to leave. And Sean goes, "Hey, 
you know, tell, tell Pastor Mike, you know, what you've been praying about. And, um, man, she's just cute as a button. And she goes, we've been praying every night before bed for the church. We know that the church is filling up and, and we're going to have some decisions and direction of where we got to go. And so, um, you know, her and her brother and her mom, they've been praying for the church every night. I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, <laughs> Lord, I, I, you know, the Lord hears our prayers. But I think he really hears the prayers of children. Yeah, so, yeah. If, I mean, that was an affirmation. You and I have been talking about prayer and, and trying to incorporate that more as a, in corporately. And, um, and I'll tell you more. I had a conversation with Gail Beardsley about that, too, and she's all about it. So um, it was just encouraging to know that people are praying. Yeah. You know, we say that, pray for for this and then but to actually know here's a family that's actually praying about this stuff so and that's where we're going to find our battles being won yeah is in, is, is in that prayer powers and principalities like we've got a that fight has to be in that realm yep yep all right well let's right. uh let's end this Brad's leaving brad um you got to tell us one thing before you leave see you in church on sunday there is. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoy this one. See you. See ya.